The Shop, a Moto Podcast. Welcome everyone to The Shop, a Moto Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lowry, sitting beside me here, my co-host and buddy, co-worker, Grayson Crum. So, uh, I'm going to do this little podcast here, talking about anything moto, uh, shop-related stuff, industry-related, amateur, pro, everything. We're not just going to be like some of the other podcasts where we're just pretty much pro-oriented. We're going to talk about everything motorcycle-related. Um... We kind of wanted to do this just to do something a little different, uh, talk about some topics that maybe don't really get talked about quite as much on some of your bigger podcasts, and just uh, have fun talking moto, because that's what we enjoy and like to do. And for some of you that maybe don't know exactly who I am or what I've done in like the motorcycle world, I've been working in a shop for 15 years. My dad owns a small independent shop down in Pearl, and kind of got my start there, just doing parts, uh, and being the parts manager, service manager, and then I moved up to Senatobia, Mississippi, and found a home here at Graham KTM, working for the cool guy, Donnie Graham, and uh, selling a bunch of KTM and Husqvarna motorcycles, and then on my racing side, I've raced my whole life since I was three years old, Uh, been to Loretta's 10 times, 50s, 65s, 85s, B-class, A-class, VET-class, whole shots, top 10s, you name it. So can tell all your, the little guys how it's done or, or try to. Uh, and I, I teach motocross schools, if you don't know, Jake Lowry MX School. Um, held a professional license from 2008 to 2011, and then got a wild hair and decided to renew my license this past year and go and try and qualify for Ironman and some of you know that was I guess good and bad I was close but I didn't make it so uh better luck next year I guess um that's uh I guess enough about me and I'm gonna introduce you to my co-host Grayson Crum uh I'm Grayson Crum I ride for since a little kid ride start out riding uh, at the Redlands Ranch, just the wood stuff, and then got into the outdoor stuff, motocross. I don't have the big history Jake has. I'm just a local back-of-the-pack sea rider, and uh, met Jake when I went to one of his schools when I was 12 or 13, stayed the night, stayed at his house for a week, enjoyed that, and that's how I met Jake. And then uh, grew up riding and uh, went to school to become a motorcycle mechanic in Paris, Tennessee. And uh, figured that you can't make a living racing in, so might as well work on them. And uh, graduated from that in August and got a job here in September and been working with Jake ever since, Jake and Donnie. And uh, that's about it. No, no big resume, nothing important. Haven't gone to the Reddas. Haven't won a lot of stuff, but I just enjoy talking, working on motorcycles. Yeah, he enjoys motorcycling. The most important part that we all need to get back to and understand that we all do this for fun. No matter how much you race or if you're trying to go to Loretta's or if you think you're the next pro or whatever, like 
you've got to always remember that this is supposed to be for fun because when it stops being fun you're going to quit and we don't need people to quit there's not enough people in the industry as is so we need to hold on to everybody that's riding so hopefully we can uh put the fun back in for some people and uh get people riding motorcycles a little bit more so uh to tell a little bit about our name for the podcast we named it the shop because we are at the shop right now we work at graham ktm uh and uh we're gonna talk a little bit about shop stuff so it was just pretty fitting to call it that when we want to name it something really long so uh, that worked and then uh, adding the Amoto podcast to the end just kind of tells you that it's a motorcycle podcast um, and then how we're going to do this each week is uh, I'm going to have some topics that I want to talk about and Grayson's going to have some topics that he wants to talk about and we're going to you know discuss and argue kind of like we do at work anyway but we're going to put it on a podcast so other people can hear it and kind of hear our opinions on stuff um whether you want to say my opinions professional or not and uh then also hear somebody that you know grayson's been riding for a long time rides every weekend pretty much and just on a local level but you can you know you can get to see maybe the two uh opinions and how we can put the two opinions together and work together to to figure stuff out and maybe make this sport a little bit better especially you know on our local side where we need it to be better and uh we are going to try and highlight some of our local tracks local riding areas local riders and keep this local based um at least in the beginning we'll, we'll try and help build some of the local area and uh get mississippi motocross and west tennessee motocross back where it was at times um there was times 10 years ago where motocross was really really good in this area and right now it's uh it's not the greatest so uh enough with that we'll just jump right in and uh i guess i'm gonna let grayson we're gonna start with his topic so grayson uh topic today for my pick is where do you think we're gonna start racing at pro level amateur level do you think we're gonna go through what mx sports calls phase two of the Reddas, as in make it a two-week event you think it's gonna go that far jake i hope not i don't like that idea i think it takes away from the integrity of loretta's just everybody can sign up and go and show up and practice and ride and race on a track that before you had to do a lot of work to just go and ride there i mean like so you just let everybody freely go i don't i'm just not a huge fan of that not and on top of that it's gonna be a lot of money for say like somebody like me I want to race. My kids want to race. Well, that's two weeks. I can't do that. I can't take off work that long, and I'm not going to have the money to afford to do that. So I just, I don't know. It's, to me, that's not really the greatest idea. I know they're, like, super desperate to have it, and uh, I get that, but it's like, man, maybe maybe we should kind of come up with some other kind of idea, push it back a little bit if you have to, just something other than, oh, we'll just let everybody show up and ride and race because, I mean, the place is already packed. Do you think they can hold another thousand people? I mean, there's no way. Another few hundred, I don't think they could hold that. Yeah, I think you'd lose a lot of your mid-pack in any class, mid-pack C, mid-pack 50s, anybody who, who's doing this just for fun. If you're not a Deegan or a, or whoever and you're, and you're not doing it full-time, I think you're going to lose a lot of them. 
and uh, I, I can't see why they can't move it back anyways because it's an you go there the woods guys know you go there twice a year to ride in the trails and that's it that's basically what they're doing that's their income I mean they're not doing much they may do horse a little horse stuff but it's not a bit you can move it any time of the year in the reddas and I don't think it's going to affect anybody especially since that some people consider that the end of the season or you'll consider minios you can do it between August and Thanksgiving because I mean there's not a lot of racing going on between then anyways yeah um maybe they'll just hopefully they get some regionals in do the super regional deal I, I like that idea um I like how they've I mean, I think from here on out, they should keep it split and have three regionals like they're wanting to do. It gives some more tracks, bigger races, so it, it helps the motocross economy because it's giving these it's giving more tracks in a regional area these guaranteed big big races, big gates. Um, and then, you know, maybe for guys like us who we don't have a ton of tracks around here, and when it comes regional time, you're like, oh, well, I'm going to have to travel 10 or 12 hours every weekend, like, that's pretty tough to do. So maybe like we get lucky in Mill Creek or Swan or uh, Wildwood down in Kentwood, Louisiana. Maybe these tracks end up with like regionals and stuff, and they're a little bit closer for the people in the mid south area, um, and that could help you know boost our area a little bit. But um, so I it, think the only sorry to interrupt, but the only big regionals you'll get if you do go to like a southeast or a, a north central is is you'd have to go Redbud. Michigan or Florida. I mean, there's no really big tracks. Maybe Muddy Creek and East Tennessee, but that's still. Eight yeah, to 10 but I mean, hours. like, so like when I was growing up, dude. I mean, you've been to Great River Road, I'm sure, in Dyersburg. Yeah. All right, they had a regional. First place I ever saw Adam Cincerillo race. They had a regional, and I think it was 2004, maybe. Like, I mean, tracks like that used to have regionals, and then now because I'm, I could get in trouble for all this, but because MX Sports is like they own all this stuff they want to only have it at these certain tracks and if you notice the regionals are they rotate these only these certain tracks like give some other tracks and other areas these big races because that's what builds motocross like okay motocross is really good in texas so let's not have all the areas and regionals and everything in texas for south central like let's get them out a little bit yeah the tracks might not be the biggest or greatest or whatever but the only way you build bigger tracks and bigger you know a bigger rider base is you have some of these races in those areas you can't just you know oh well this is where everybody's riding so i mean i guess you can because that's the market but you've gotta if you're the sanctioning bodies of these stuff you've got to kind of look at like all right we're pretty stagnant we haven't been growing as a sport how do we grow well we've got to reach people that we're not reaching so you got to go to other areas where motocross maybe isn't the greatest so people see it so people you know are participating in it and maybe they didn't participate in it before because of where it's located. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do it. But going back to the three regional thing where I said maybe in the future they'll continue that, like, you go to regionals and I've always, like, you know, there's a lot of people there. They're not maxed out, you know, because you hear that. People, you know, they take 64 in every class. So um, if you get last at your area, send your money in and go because there's not going to be 64 guys at your regional. And uh, But when they have you know, the classes that they have, and you're doing three motos, most of the time, you're barely getting one, you're getting one moto and the qualifiers in at the regional. And then on Sunday, they're having to do both second and third motos, and they're trying to get people that live a long ways 
out early so they're not having to drive forever on Sunday night. So I think doing the three regional thing, not only is it going to give some other tracks regionals and I think help build the, like I said, build the motocross economy, it will make it to where these tracks aren't so pushed for time on trying to hurry things up to get people out because you're going to cut some of your classes when you have it, when you have like, so you have a youth one and you have an amateur one and then you have a vet one. So that to me, I like that idea. I think that's a really cool idea. I think it's something that they could move forward with in the future. But it's just uh, this year, man, with everything going on, I've said it to you here before, like um, California is going to be shut down. I think I saw like through the middle of June and I'm sure like Minnesota, New York, some of those states like that, they're going to be shut down through when they're thinking these regionals are going to be. So if to me, if every state in America isn't open, you can't, I mean, you can't really do regionals because you're going to have regionals in California. If the state's closed, you, you can't have regionals. So then, then it pushes everything back. And then, you know, so it's, I don't know. I'm glad I'm not uh, at MX Sports or the AMA and having to try and figure this out because they've, uh, they're going to have a tall task to try and get all this stuff done. Well, then if you, well, if you do the three regionals where you have the youth, the amateur, and the vet, then they'll give the tracks enough time where you can have the A riders, the B riders do 15-minute, 20-minute motos instead of putting the five laps they're used to. You can, like, make it different for each uh, region. Sorry, guys. Had to take a phone call here at Graham KTM. You can probably hear in the background Jeff calling me up there. Uh, that'll probably be part of it because uh trying to do this while we're back here in the shop hanging out. So uh, anyway, Grayson had made a good point about doing the longer motos at the regionals, which, yeah, I mean, these are, you know, races that are a big deal. So, yeah, they should be maybe more than just a four or five lap little sprint. So that, that was a good point, Grayson. Um, and not to take forever on this episode, we're going to move on to the next topic. And it's what I want to talk about. And it's something that I've seen a few people post on some uh, little Facebook groups and stuff that are kind of for our area. And it would be about class structure at our local races and even maybe even like some of the some of the bigger races um, with all the classes we have. It's just uh, it's like, you know, the pros want to get in and get out really quick. They're there for a day. But then for amateurs, we want to be there for three weeks. Like, you know, we got to kind of maybe cut some of these classes a little bit. Everybody can't win. Everybody can't get a trophy. And we need full gates and we need to be able to utilize the time at the track a little bit better. So um, it was a few different things I saw, people talking about cutting classes, and I'm not real cool on cutting the little bike classes. I think that's where we need to grow more. Um, that's the future. So the kids are going to want to ride more anyway. Um, it's hard to cut classes when if you got a kid on a 50, he needs at least two classes. So what we've got, we've got most places have 350 classes. Most places have 365 classes. Your two age groups, you're open. 85s, usually got two or three age groups and are open. Now, I don't agree with having any kind of little bike beginner classes because to me, every kid is a beginner. Yes, some kids are blazing fast, but they're still beginners in the sense of their skill level. Yeah, I know there's kids like Deegan, there's kids like Casey Cochran that, that you know, they're next level, but that that's you know two percent of motocrossers the average motocrosser the people you're getting at a local race even the fastest kid out there 
in reality, he's still learning. Um, he just maybe in his brain he's willing to go faster than some of these other kids. So I don't. I'm not a huge on the having beginner classes for the kids. Like I mean, it's okay if you know it's going to make your kid want it more when he's out there and you know he's tired of getting last. He's going to want to try and compete a little bit more. Um, but I'm okay with how we have little classes right now. Um, the biggest thing for me is the big bike classes, and I think Grayson doesn't agree with me a little bit on this, but there used to be a series up here called King of the Hill, K-O-T-H, and it had open classes. We had 16+, plus, we had open outlaw. They were huge gates uh, for somebody like me riding the pro class, which they didn't have a pro class. It was those classes, but those were your money classes. It was really good. 25, 30 guys on the gate, 200% payback. If I won, I made pretty good money. Even the guy that got fourth or fifth made pretty decent money because you had so many guys on the gate. Whereas if we had a race right now and it was the A class, I mean, uh, who's going to show up in, in this area? Me? I mean, that's kind of not fun to, you know, race by yourself. Um, it doesn't matter how the speed of the people you're racing with, but at least having people to line up on the gate with. So that's kind of where I'm at on uh, on the on big bike classes. I think we just need to have more or less um, of the big bike classes, like the the C class and B class. And we don't have, you know, most of our C guys around here, they're still C because they want to go to Loretta's. But in reality, they're actually B riders, but they can't beat the A riders that are still riding the C class at Loretta's. So it ends up, it just screws the whole thing up. So for local-wise, I think we should just be more open classes you know maybe have one open c class you know and then everything else it should just be like a 16 plus and like an open outlaw like how the king of the hill did and then vet classes like you know and get these guys that like these kids that we have local around here that i mean they're pretty decent c riders i would say but they're hanging back in c and never really making huge gains because they their their main goal is to make loretta's and they know if they ride B, well, they're not going to make it because your kids making Loretta's in the B class are A riders. I mean, really and truly, the B class or the A class at Loretta's is, I mean, it's not really any different. And, uh, you know, I think the the way to change that is at the local level. Um, we we got to get the local level uh, fixed first. And then, you know, maybe things would change at the top because uh, right now, um, when the C classes are filling up like they do for Loretta's and the big races, they're not going to cut them. That's their money, so they're not going to cut those classes. Um, Jason, what do you think on class structure? For I don't like the idea of the, the one class with – like if you want to put one class with – I can see one class with A and B riders just because the, the reason the B, the C riders don't move up to B is because there's no one in the B class. And all, it's usually – you'll go from C, there'd be no one in B, and then there'll be a couple guys in A. And so there's no point. So if all the guys, you'd have to have everybody do it at once because say two or three fast guys move up to B, then they're just racing each other. They're not going to have anybody else, like in case they get a bad start or some of these people who are good at starts and you just beat them off start, but they're not good everywhere else. That's where I see. And if I was sitting there and there was only one class, A, B, and C, I would be, it would take the fun out of it. I don't want to sit there and, Jake's gonna lap me within three laps anywhere we go, and so I'm only doing four laps. He's doing five, and then I just feel disgraced by Jake blazing fat, blazing past me, and like I have nobody to battle with. It's like then you get some sketchy moments. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I, I get that, but, man, when the King of the Hill series did open outlaw and stuff, I mean, dude, there was sea guys lining up with us. And, uh, like, so I would, you know, lap guys because it was a 20-minute moto. But they just thought it was cool that I'm out there, Johnny Moore's out there, Chris Tracy's out there. Like, all your local pro guys that had pro license at the time were out there and we're, you know, they're, they're competing on the same track with us. And then uh, also, you know, like, Josh Cartwright, Zach Bishop, Matthew Weekly. These kids started riding those classes with us, kind of chasing us. And, uh, I mean, dude, I think that helped Josh Cartwright. I mean, you know, I remember the first time he beat me. I remember the first time he beat Johnny Moore. And it's like, you, how much confidence does that give him as a B rider that he's out here beating these guys that have a pro license? I mean, that's that's pretty big. But then, too, I get what you're talking about with, you know, the seat, you know, your guy, your guy that's in the C-class, it's used to be Gates. He moves up to B-class locally and has nobody to race with. But that's why the powers that be need to kind of reevaluate and look at it. Like what the C-class is right now should be the B-class. And what little bit of B-class it is needs to convert with what the A-class is because there's there's no parity. It's like all the same thing. I mean, you go to Loretta's and, you know, the kid that – if you qualify in the C-class for Loretta's this year, there's a good chance you're going to go right back in the B-class the next year and then go back in the A-class the next year because you're that level of rider. And there's no, like – it's like once you've reached that level, you know, there – I guess to me, like, you shouldn't be living at a training facility if you're in the C-class. And honestly, you shouldn't have be somebody that's been racing for three or four years and be in the C-class, no matter if you're fast or slow. It's, it's an experience deal. Novice is beginner. If you look in the dictionary, it's beginner. Back in my dad's day, there was no, be, there was no beginner class. It was a C class. Everybody, you, you started riding, you rode C. You rode it for a year or two, you moved up to B. And the majority of your people rode the B class. I don't want to make anyone mad with this, but I just I feel like we've got to do something to change these classes or it's just going to be never-ending how it is right now. Um, you know, I told you an example before about when I used to race BMX when I started racing BMX it was novice it wasn't a beginner it was novice and you won six times and you had to move up to intermediate so and it wasn't like a you went six nationals and you move up to intermediate how it is in motocross racing it was if you win six times it doesn't matter where it's at because every track in the country in BMX is under the same organization so they know where you race if you win six times at your local track you have to move up and be intermediate, which that's great. I mean, it's keeping people, it's keeping the classes full because you're always having a lot of new people come in. So if you're not moving your people up, then everybody stays in the same class because, I mean, everybody wants to win. Everybody can't win, but everybody does want to win. So that's what you end up with, and that's what we have right now. Everybody in the same class pretty much except for a few of the more elite kids that kind of are maybe quicker learners or whatever. And, uh, I don't know, it's, it, you know, you could go, I guess, all day on this topic. But um, I don't want people to think that I'm bashing on kids that are in the C class, whatever, because <clears throat> I'm, I'm not. I'm the guy that I want to help everybody be better riders and faster. And I think a lot of people are better than they give their self credit for, but they're chasing going to Loretta's in the C class. And uh, it just – it. It messes the whole system up the way they've got it. Uh, but I think at a local level, uh, we could get away from having so many A, B, C, big white classes, have some more open classes, give us longer motos, more time on the track, 
It's the biggest thing that most people don't want to go to the motocross track for right now is, hey, I can go ride in the woods and ride all day and pay 25 bucks or, heck, probably 20 bucks, I think, riding in the woods. And you go to the motocross track and it's, oh, hey, it's $30 and you get to ride 10 laps. They don't want to do that. They're gonna, they want the bang for their buck. Well, motocross tracks need to give people more bang for their buck and not just be like, oh, well, we have a track and our track's good, so why don't you come? Because I think those are days of the past. Like, you know, there's a lot of tracks that I go to, and it's honestly, it's, I'm like, man, I paid all this money and they, you know, I won't name any names of tracks because I don't, I don't want to bash people, but it's like, come on now. You can, you're gonna if we're gonna pay these kind of fees like at least i want to get what i'm paying for and uh that's gonna be another topic for some other time because i could go on and on about that too but so what other ideas you got grayson on maybe some class structures or, or your opinions on if you want longer class longer motos you definitely have to put a bunch of classes together see and like i, don't, I feel like they don't do that around here enough where they could put i mean you could put 57 to 8 and 4 to 6 or whatever the class is and you could put them together because no one's going to run both those classes you're not eligible age classes and so if uh, then you can do that with big bikes too I mean you could put B and C together if we don't have that many B riders and or A and B together because there's not many riders in each class where you can't do both classes anyways so you might as well put them together to kind of shorten up the day anyway and keep it safe no matter what though I yeah keep- I, I agree they could put a lot of classes double gate more um put like you said put these classes that you know the guy should but that's why i'm saying is just be open why not i mean they're gonna race together anyway so yeah, yeah, just much. just make it well, and maybe- and hey like for the c guys cause there's gonna be a lot more of those guys have open c for that where there's a class they can win, and then their second class be a class that's more open. And uh, I've used the King of the Hill thing a lot because, man, it worked. There was a lot of kids that, you know, they raced C nationally, but when they went to King of the Hill races, they rode 16-plus and open outlaw because, you know, those classes were – those were good classes for people to ride. And uh, it ended – you know, I just think that was – it. racing was good then. It was good turnouts. And – uh I, I I liked the way they did it, and I think it worked, and I think it could still work if tracks would do it. And um, well, tracks right now are just focused on money. That's why they they have so many classes. Like there's a track having a race soon, and uh, that he has 50 classes, and he wants to race two days. It's like you're gonna have to fit. If you do two motos, you're gonna have to do two days of it, and you don't have a lot. And that's just not, I don't want to spend the money of traveling to, and like, you have an RV, if you're staying in an RV or hotel and you do two classes, that's well over a couple hundred bucks just to race for, what, 10 laps total, even if it is a five lap moto. So, I mean, that's where you could help. Yeah, and you're saying a couple hundred bucks for you, a yeah. couple hundred bucks for you, it's like 800 for me and my crew. So, it's like, you know, I think tracks really need to think about, like, you know families and things and how much people spend everybody gets on the deal of oh well 25 dollars ain't that bad well yeah if it's just you 25 dollars ain't that bad but put yourself in a family's shoes and think about the mom the dad the kids paying gate fees paying practice fees and it all adds up really quick 
and we have a lot of families in motocross and we need families in motocross so let's like help the families out a little bit and do something to where you know maybe you you know and if it's not getting the expenses down then it's giving people more time to where they feel like the money they spent is well worth it because they got more time on the track or they got a better prepped track or what or whatnot um i mean i went somewhere recently and uh i spent a hundred dollars for us to practice and i mean i can go to dan's and it's better and i don't pay anything because he's my neighbor and he's a friend and he doesn't charge and it's like i I, tracks lose to that they lose to people that you know their neighbor has a track or they have a track themselves. so why do they want to go to the local racetrack an hour away that's not going to be prepped as good or maybe you know maybe it's a little better but is it that much better to be that much more money and uh you know tracks don't want to think about that they just want to tell you oh you're bashing my track because it, oh i'm not bashing you i'm i'm giving you facts it's just like when somebody calls here and they've got their opinion on a certain bike or or if they i mean put it plain and simple i called abernathy's and i got this price well i mean i can either match abernathy's price or i can watch that guy walk you know it's it, it's one of two things and it's the same with the track you either can listen to the idea or you can just let them walk and to me when you don't have a lot of when your customer base is really small you don't just let people walk um but we're, we're getting way off topic here <laughs> we're getting on on tracks so we could do this for another save this for another episode um but i've kind of went over and uh made some classes up before um just kind of figuring some things out and i don't remember exactly what all classes i had but i had it nailed down to where you would have 24 different classes but only actually have 12 motos because you would double every class would be double gated but it's gated with classes that it's okay to race with and it was done where um if you're riding two or three classes i know what classes these people would ride so i tried to make it to where they're not back to back if you do 12 motos so you have 12 first motos, 12 second motos. It's only 24. Heck, there's a lot of places having that in just first motos. You could do 15-minute motos, every class 15-minute motos, and you would get done relatively early, and you're giving people more time on the track, but you're just you're not going to have it to where somebody can ride five or six classes. But, you know, there's a small percentage of the racers out there that are going to ride that many classes. So would you rather you know cuts you're you're not cutting as much money i don't think as as some people would think if you're going to cut a few classes and uh i know that's just that's my opinion on that um and uh i mean i get you know some of your points on you know the c-class thing and and you know those guys you know want it to be fun and don't want to just get you know absolutely waxed out there i i get it um uh so anyway um I guess that's probably going to wrap up pretty much uh, episode one. So everybody that listened, if you want to comment or DM us any kind, any topics or any questions you have that we can maybe discuss on episode two, we'll definitely talk about things that people comment to us, DM us, um, and we'll have our own things that maybe we want to talk about on the next episode. Uh, so yeah, if you could like our uh like the facebook pages 
that we're going to post this on, which will be mine, Grayson's, Graham KTM. Uh, we'll do it on Instagram and uh, give us a listen and tune in next week to see what we talk about. Thank you.